Oh, we're dancing doors. Congratulations. We're in, baby. Woo! Yes. You feeling we're the, good? What's up? We're the You're best. Quiet over there. Aren't we're you the excited? Best. No, Your of course I'm not I know, but get fucking excited, man. Get excited. We're in. Anything oh. can happen, doors. Just Anything. Absolutely limped, limped Woo! into the playoffs, Tones. Absolutely ridiculous. What, what, what is there to be excited about if you're me? Like, put yourself in my shoes. Why am I excited? I've done this playoff thing before, man. I've been there, done that. Whoa. I've lost in two finals, okay? I've done this before. Maybe if two I'm years you. Two years ago, I was, uh, I was in your position, but I was still a little excited. I was still a little optimistic. Anything can happen, man. Who would have thought your team would be this bad four weeks ago? <laughs> so it can easily flip. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. Sure. Let's just, let's call it that. <laughs> that that's fair. That's fair. But you know what? No, you're right, Tones. And, and, and so this is actually Of course only, I'm right. No, this is only the third time we've <laughs> both been in the playoffs at the same time. So Ugh, that's as, sad. as despicable- that's as despicable as that is, it is worth celebrating. 2015, you went to the finals that year, lost to Dan, never forget. And in 2020, pandemic year, you and I just thriving in that year, just saying, you know what, we can do this. We, we can do this. And now we're back in 2022, uh, and we both play in this upcoming quarterfinal week. It can be elation or absolute just devastation <laughs> this time next there was, week. There was a strong possibility that we just... No pod this week. This is maybe the last pod ever. Like, yeah. that's it. We're just, you know what? We both lost. We're out. Bye. There will be no celebrating of the Dottos on this podcast. <laughs> Those poor guys, eh? Our most dedicated, loyal listeners. And we're just, yeah, fuck it. We're done. Nah, nah. We wouldn't do that to you guys. We wouldn't do it, Doors. You got, some, Nick, uh, you got some statistics and information for us, right? Yeah, exactly. I was just going to mention something about Nick. So the last time, we got some, we got some, we got some stats. That guy, Dan. Um, devastated Watch. that devastated that he had such a tough week this week and he's out of the playoffs. So he 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 put his stuff in the chat and and then he went dark. So we're picking up a little bit of slack here, but let's just throw some numbers out there. The last time Nick missed the playoffs was in 2016. This is his sixth straight year in the dance, skill or luck, whatever the fuck, I don't care. Uh, <laughs> moving on to Mike because Tones. Any time that Mike Dotto makes the playoffs, he either wins the ship that happened in 2016 or he loses in the finals in 2021. What that means here, Tones, is that he hasn't made the playoffs outside of those two years. And here he is. Mike Dottles had some dark, dark years, but when he has his year, mm -hmm. he goes. So let's mm -hmm. see how far he goes. Meanwhile, after making the playoffs in six straight seasons to begin our league's history, Christian Robert Gennaro III has now missed in two of his three years. Hashtag rebuild is on. Your thoughts? Oh, baby. Yeah, that's uh, it's time. The rebuild is on, but the rebuild needs to actually rebuild. CRG, I don't know, buddy. Yeah. She got some more early picks. Should have maybe hung on to T. Higgins. I don't know. I'm concerned. I'm worried. I'm yeah, worried T. Higgins, about the future. T. Higgins really would have helped elevate his team this week, eh? Uh, we'll yeah, to, true. We'll get to that later. Listen, um, no, a little better than that schmuck he started. Duvernay, whatever. <laughs> zero, zero, zero. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get to more of Christian's choices later when we get to his matchup. Uh, tones to you. A little stat about you. This is the second time in three years that you've made the playoffs. You are trending in the right direction, my friend. How do you feel? I'm honestly surprised to even read that because it's just felt like <laughs> such a grind for the last three years. And that's the beauty that's of that. It's honestly shocking. Yeah, that's, that's the beauty fuck. of it, though, is because you just made it in this year. And I mean just made it in. So, Ooh. yeah, congratulations. Also, on the flip side of that, Rich, Richard, 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 Ben. 
that was the worst record we have ever seen. We have wow. never seen a worst record ever. Congratulations to Rich for the worst record wow. of all time. And wow. this is the thing, Tones, Tones, it was one in 13, right? So mm -hmm. we've had teams have one win before. It happened one time. It was Rob in 2014, our first year ever. And Rob went one, 11, and one. He tied Ryan that year, never forget, but still. By win percentage, by record, everything, all encompassing. Rich, one of 13, worst ever. Didn't feel that way. I said it a couple times in this program, but yeah, that's tough. It's actually, it's actually impressive to yes. have one win in a season like this. It's actually nuts. Yeah. It's actually, you know who he has to blame for that? Jeff Wilson. Thank you, Jeff Wilson. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Should have won that week. All right, Doris. Uh, our first pod of the year, if you remember, was our annual storylines pod. Mm -hmm. I think it's a good time to revisit a couple of these. Uh, I thought it was rebuild time for some of these successful teams in recent years. Yep. I had my eye on Dan. I had my eye on Mike. And I had my eye on Franco. <laughs> uh, whoops. That's 0 for 3 right there, Chief. Dan missed the playoffs, yes. But he <laughs> has done a great job. I mean, I guess he sort of rebuilt on the fly this year, right? Yep. Got younger. Tyreek's better than probably we all thought, including him. So he's pretty rock solid for the next couple seasons. Mike's team's locked and loaded. Franco still looks like he's in good shape somehow, despite the keeper situation being a little wonky, but it's not dire. So I don't know. It's uh, I didn't think these three teams would be very good this year. And I thought, you know, two of the three are in the playoffs. So what the hell do I know? And you made that comment about Dan, and we we'll give him more of his kudos later. But just now that we're on him very quickly, kudos to Dan for doing exactly that. Basically 100%. rebuilding on the fly, making such an incredible run, being in a position to possibly win that first overall pick, while also getting younger, getting guys that you can have a potential of keeping. Before he makes the trade and he gets a guy like T. Higgins, you just don't know who he's going to keep besides Tyreek and I don't know couple other options I don't know after that I really don't like it, it really it really feels like now he's he's got options and and we'll see yeah. what what guys like Ramondre Stevenson turn into but anyway uh great job by Dan and unfortunately he's not in the dance but uh it was a hell of a run um another question I brought up was can the no picks guys do it again that those guys nice. were this year Nick Dan and Rich well we got the full spectrum here doors yeah Nick is a bi-week team Dan is out and Rich is in full rebuild mode, which is really, really, really interesting. Like Dan was middle of the pack. Rich was garbage. Nick was great. And honestly, like you just we're going to do this a lot on this pod. You got to give Nikki a lot of credit, man. Like it's actually incredible to do this one year to do a two is fucking insane. It's honestly crazy when, when you, you have actually good, think about it. When you have good keeper stones, you build yeah. your team on their backs and you're able to make trades every single year. And if he's missing... One of those guys for an extended period of time, does he do it? Maybe, maybe he doesn't. But, like, here's the thing. No CMC last year. Chubb has yeah. been kind of up and down this year. JJ's been the best receiver in fantasy almost for the whole year. But, like, yep. it's just there's been not a ton of consistency out of those guys. And when they boom, they boom. That's great. But you still got to surround them with good players. And he did that. And we'll get into him he later with guys like he Miles Sanders. And, and, and we'll talk about him a little later. Um, do we want to talk quickly about our... Uh, our point spread game tones because we had a we had a hell of a week this week. Bang! Four and one. Wow. We're so smart, man. It's Genius. about time we had a winning week. Jesus. Yeah, and the one is a painful one, but let's start with uh, with some of the wins here. <laughs> Mike was a 27-point favorite over Rich. We locked that in. Wasn't as big as we thought it would be, but he got it done. Uh, Mike mm -hmm. gets the win. Congratulations to Mike for making us look smart. Uh, that's one and oh. Uh, moving on. Go ahead. 
Uh, moving on was Nikki, 42 points, covers it against CRG. In a low-scoring week, too, it's actually kind of surprising. Like Half the league scored less than 100 points, so these big spreads had me concerned. Yeah, Dan, three-point favorite over Ryan. We had Ryan. You didn't like it, Tones. You didn't like no, it. No, no. But I had Ryan, and Ryan, smart. who has defied all odds, and we'll talk about him very, very soon, but Ryan has defied all odds in this in this run that he's gone on without Cooper Cup, and he got it done, kicks Dan out, and uh, damn, the next one, the next one hurts. Doris, your team choked again, man. What the fuck is going on? So I can't bad. wait to get to your team. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah. You lost to Franco. Straight L. And I believed in you. And you let me down. And I'm upset about it. That's on you, man. Is it? Is it? it? Is. More success Did on I your side. Did I set your lineup? No. That's 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 three and one. Uh we've got four and one with a victory by you. I had you, felt like it was gonna be a big week from you. And, and what I said was that even if you don't have a big week, which you didn't, I just didn't believe in Rob's team to put up the points to make this spread close mm-hmm. enough that's exactly what happened you put up 114 yep. rob puts up 99 have not seen it from rob talk about him later but you cover the 13 just barely you got there at 15 but uh congrats never Jones. in doubt never in doubt congrats all right doors let's start uh let's start with the matchups here because we got to begin with of course this race for that final playoff spot and, and you know what i'm gonna say this before we get into it i want to give a round of applause to the dans the robs and i'm gonna pat myself on the back here this year when not having like five sellers was so enjoyable because yeah. it came down to this final week and watching this all unfold was really entertaining regardless of what happened with my team. And I know I'm sitting here, oh, Tones is all happy, whatever. No, no, no. Even if I lost, I honestly would have, this is fun. This is what fantasy football is about. I want to compete with my friends for something. And we did it, and it's unfortunate for the guys that lost, but hey, loser bracket, that's what it's there for. This was a lot of fun, okay? And it started with Ryan and Dan's team, Dan's matchup. Ryan defeating Dan, 139 to 90. That was, the, I was positive for a sec. I'm going to shut that shit down. First of all, fuck you to Ryan. Yeah. For the team name change. Yeah. Switching it to Stack Guy Dan 2, but you didn't fool me this time because I got the touch, I got the eye, and I noticed that your picture of yes. the little graph was off slightly to the right by, I want to say, 2.3 degrees. <laughs> I saw that shit, Ryan. Didn't fool me one time, some bitch. Stack guy Dan anyway, 2. Anyway, he's one four straight. Good for him. It's larger. The, the picker is larger. And because he yeah. won, I'm looking at Yahoo's League home right now, and it's very nicely laid out for us with all the scores on Tuesday. And here it is. Stack guy Dan, little guy Dan, lost with 90 points. Big guy Dan, big Ryan. Yeah, yeah. Big yeah, guy. yeah, yeah. One thirty. Little dick, big dick. You know what I'm saying? So Ryan won four straight. They're all coming after Cup gets hurt, which I still can't believe. It's fucking yeah. nuts. Incredibly it's nuts. impressive. And and this is where we didn't think his team was going to survive. This we had him lower in the power rankings because of this reason, and he's done it in a multitude of ways. Um, we can talk Ryan in a second because I want to just point out something about Dan. Missing the playoffs. He misses the playoffs by one game, which sucks. It sucks more that he lost four of his last five to close the season. All he needed was one of those. He lost by two points to Nick in week 12. He lost by 0.4, 0.46 to be exact, in Oof. week 10 against Christian Genera, which means two losses by a combined less than three points. All he needed was one of those tones, and you're out. So listen to me, okay? 
Listen, man. I uh, know that this year has been rough on you. You had a bunch of early games where you were just crushing it in terms of points scored, and you didn't have the results you needed. But the fact that you made it in by 2.46 after missing the playoffs by 1.84 all those years ago, Tones, sometimes the fantasy gods got a plan. I don't know what theirs is for you, but congratulations to you and Dan. That sucks. My best Thanos impression. The universe, perfectly balanced, Hmm. as all things should be. Fantasy football giveth and taketh away, my friend. It's beautiful. It's beautiful to see. Beautiful to see. Speaking of, uh, that is away, an unfortunate holy. way to go out for Dan. That's tough. I've been there. We now have to make Dan T-shirts. That's what. We, that's what needs to happen now. <laughs> we'll put we'll put Tyreek Hill's peace sign on there. You know what I mean? Yeah, I want to ask that was you about previous regime. I want to ask you about the next thing because I know you're a huge fan of this player. You talk about him all the time when it comes to who's the real wide receiver one in Cincy. You love T. Higgins. Mm. You also have him in another fantasy league. I know that. So how did you feel about what went on this week with T. Higgins? This I, I felt for Dan, man, because I was in these shoes. I in another league, I had to play my way into a playoff spot. I did it in that league as well. <laughs> What's up? Um T. Higgins starting off the injury report on Friday. Off the injury report. And then it comes out. All of a sudden, the game's happening. He's not on the field. What the fuck's going on? It comes out after that the fucking team, I put it in the chat, that something happened in warm-ups. Hello, Cincinnati beat reporters? No one's sitting there watching warm-ups? Like, when the Saints guys are watching the Saints games and there's warm-ups, there's specific updates on so many players, especially ones that are kind of banged up. Hey, Mike Thomas is... Looking good out here. Hey, Mike Thomas is a bit of a limp out here. Okay, cool. Thanks for the info. Adjust lineups accordingly. No, sir. Nothing. Crickets. And the guy plays like two snaps, and we don't see him for the rest of the day. And now, apparently, he's they're they're planning on having him play next week, which is a joke. Like, what do you do? Like, do what do you start him? I'm not fucking starting. I'm not dealing with that shit again. It's a joke, man. I was so mad. I felt for Dan so bad in that moment. Like, this is so unfortunate. To have this be now, listen. He lost by what forty nine points, so really, ultimately, yep. wouldn't have had a big difference. But like, it's still just so aggravating, and that's one of those things. And I'm going to point to it a lot on this pod. Anything can happen. This shit can happen to fucking anybody. He was off the injury report. That's what's bullshit about this. Yep. If you're gambling on T Higgins, if you're fucking gambling on the Bengals, if you got fantasy stuff. This shit needs to be corrected. The NFL needs to fucking solve that because that should be illegal to do for teams by the bylaws of the NFL. Zach Taylor bet on T. Higgins' under twice this year. Both times he decided to sit him out of the game. There you go. Would you be shocked? No, I wouldn't Seriously. be shocked. That guy looks Would you be shocked if the hell. medical st- if a story comes out the med- some fucking chump on the some medical staffer is like nah, now nah, I'm getting crazy, but like it's just annoying, you know? It's, no, it's just crazy. Like but that can't happen. I know it sounds crazy, but to your point, this never happens. We don't have this ha- it's very rare that this happens. It is impossibly rare to have it happen twice in the same season. So yeah, of course I would believe it. We're not going to go conspiracy theory over here, but just I could believe it because it is that absurd for it to happen twice in a year. That's like there was a couple examples on the weekend of guys that were taken off the injury report on Friday. Deontay Foreman was one of these guys. He was uh, limited, limited off the injury report. And you're going, okay, cool. And you're watching the game and you're going, okay, he A, doesn't look 100%. And B, Chuba Hubbard's more involved than ever. Yeah. Clearly, this guy is not 100%. How is how are you allowed to take that player off the injury report completely? Yeah. That shouldn't be allowed. 
You know what I'm trying to say? Anyway, I do. I do. I digress. The injuries did not stop there for Dan. On top of Higgins, Tyreek Hill was icing that ankle, shin, something the whole game. Yep. Ramondre Stevenson, he lost. Fryermuth dealing with some stuff. This was kind of a hell week for Dan. And not to pile on, but like now he's got to go into this loser bracket. And it seems like, you know, talking to Rich and stuff, like everyone's just penciling A. Whoever doesn't make it between U-Tones or Dan is probably going to end up winning the loser bracket. Like, I'm not so sure about that. Do you think he's like the favorite? Like, what do you, how do you like his chances going into that? I really like his chances. And the reason is because he has a bye week now. Dan's team has a bye week. He doesn't have to play next week. He's got a week to recover. Tyreek Hill's going to be fine. Ramondre, not so sure. Fryermuth, even if he has to, even if all three of those guys, and even if T. Higgins misses a week, which at this point for Dan would be probably best case scenario for Dan. Probably great. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Miss week 15, come back week 16 and 17 when you need these guys. So I do think that Dan has the best team remaining. Kenneth Walker, are we going to see him again in a couple weeks? Probably. And this week that he's got coming up is against San Francisco. This is a great spot for Dan to not have to play his guys in week 15 because a lot of these guys are in shitty positions. But Mm -hmm. I can see this guy after putting up 90 this week come up and put up 150 in week uh, um, 16 against the poor soul he's going to have to play. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do like his chances. Uh, To Ryan's side of things. Joe Mixon was back, 106 total yards, two receptions in there, 11 fantasy points. Nothing crazy. The touchdown would have made it great, but unfortunately, that went to some AJP Ryan, which is going to happen. It seemed like just a vulture tutty, but Mixon comes back, gets the bulk of the work, looked okay. I don't know. That's good to see if you're Ryan, right? Get your boy back. Yeah. Um, I, I, the I others? Just, this is oh, what sorry, I called. Ahead. This is what I called last week. Is just this is the frustrating part about getting Mixon back. Like you mentioned, how he was going to be back, and I said, yeah. But the last time we saw Mixon on the field, he put up 53 points, then got hurt in the next game. So it'll be nice. But the problem is that P. Ryan's earned some work. Not that he wasn't getting work before, but it's going to be more annoying putting Mixon in there. And to be honest, Mixon didn't have a great season before the big, big explosion game no. earlier. So I was just, no. my point of that is to say that if one of these guys was out of the lineup for Cincinnati, Ryan is in a better, happier spot, plugging the one guy in, knowing that it would just be exclusive work. But it's not. So... I think that the ceiling is higher with one of those guys out, but the 11 points you're going to take, especially when you guys, when you got guys like Austin Eckler putting up 20. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, another guy too is James Conner, who we just aren't talking about because he's fucking James Conner, but this guy's flying under the radar. He's been amazing for fantasy. I now play Ryan next week. Straight up, more worried about this guy than anybody else in his team. Wow. Here's his last four games. 22, 12, 19, 20 fantasy points. That's fucking crazy. It's James Conner. What the hell? Do you know that James Conner used to be on Christian Gennaro's team? <laughs> he was? Christian? James Conner, I just associate with Ryan for some reason. Maybe it's because he had him that yeah. first year. When he stared but me like, down. I just associate, like, I just assume he's had him for the last, like, four years hey, for some reason. When I had this left? was a trade? Yeah, when I yes, had Yes, that's right. Oh, my God. That felt like a thousand years ago. So, um, the trade... So, he had him? When was this trade? This happened... So let's recap. James Conner goes out, puts up 14 points, 6, 7, 9, 6 to start the year, gets hurt for three games. Then he puts up eight points on November the 6th. These are terrible totals. He only got double digits once, only had one touchdown. Three days later, before week 10, Christian Genera trades James Conner to Ryan. The trade was, I've got it right here, Kadarius Toney, Devin Duvernay in a fourth... Oh, for Naheem Hines, James Conner, and a ninth. What? 
Wow, there's a bunch of doo-doo in there. So great value for Ryan. Great trade. Fourth round pick essentially for an RB1. Yeah. So pretty good. What we get since then is a hilarious development because as soon as players escape Christian Gennaro's roster, they go nuts. Since then, 22 <laughs> points, 12 points, 19 points, 20 <laughs> points, four total touchdowns on the ground. I think he got another one through the air again in week 12. So yeah, yeah. Escaping the Christian Gennaro penitentiary there and, and becoming a hero again. <laughs> Uh, that's Christian Genera Penitentiary, yeah, Muskoka, Ontario. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> poor guy. Poor Genera. Poor Genera, man. Just rebuild, bro. It's it's okay. Take a couple years off. It's going to be okay. Yeah. It's going to be okay. All right, Tones. You ready to move on to the next matchup? Because sure I think it's a good one for you. Woo! You win. You're 6-8. and eight. Somehow 6-8 and eight is a playoff team, but this is the new NFL we're dealing with. You defeat Rob. He whoa, falls. Whoa, whoa. Six and seven was always the player. Come on. That's another don't loss don't in there, like though. That. That's tough. Tough record don't for the like six that. seed. That's fine. Competitive year. Don't do me Rob like is that. five and nine. That's tough. He's onto the loser bracket. You win 114 to 99. Not pretty. There was a chance that D Hop was going to have a D Hop game, but down by 20 into Monday Night Football, not enough. And Kyler goes down super early. Ugh, Hollywood brutal. wins that battle in a way, and you win. You advance. Um, you had a fairly healthy roster this week. Um, congratulations on that, Tones, because it's been a while. It, it felt it felt really good, man, to slot in. I didn't even know if I should have started Hollywood against New England. Like, I was really debating the DPJ start. In hindsight, it would have been the better start. But I just, like, for nostalgia, I was like, man, I want Diggs, Mike Will, Hollywood in there, just for, just for the... Post draft feels, you know. Wow. Let's play it as it was designed. That is it was a nice to see. Tough call to make. And it's a tough call to make. I had to do it. I was like, he's off the bye. I felt good about it. So but. you you didn't want to start this player. You were talking about whether or not you were gonna start this no, player. No, 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 no. no, no. I didn't want I didn't want to st- I did not want to start him, but there was a debate. There was a debate. Well, let's then just tee it up because we are giving our Greg Jennings performer of the week to one of your guys. Fuck it. You can't stop me. It's Mike Williams, man. And Bang. there are other guys who had better performances. Like four of them came from Nick's team, but that guy won by like 80 points. So we're giving it to Mike Will. Six catches, 116 yards. He made Xavier Howard look silly on one of them. Uh, and a touchdown. Yeah. That equals 20 points. Those 20 points tones are the difference. And maybe you start someone else who doesn't give you as many. Uh, Mike Will, he's our guy. Mike Will, yeah, it was uh, he was he was a beast. That was uh, he definitely made me nervous going into it, no doubt. I was like, oh my god, if this guy reaggravates, sure. But it's the old adage, man. If I'm going down, going down with my best. That's it. I was just that's all it was, honestly. Yeah. So I, Mike Will was in there for sure. Congrats. Uh, that's some good news. Some bad news. The DeAndre Swift roller coaster is alive and well, baby. I'm thinking after an 18 touch game last week, he's gonna come back. We're gonna get a similar situation. Pops up on the injury report again Wednesday. Apparently it was a maintenance day, but then the usage was not there this week. He only had eight touches for five fantasy points. Doors, we're now into playoff time, man. And I got away with it this past week, but I have some pretty decent options on the bench. Now this Carolina backfield, which I'll have to decipher, this Zonovan Knight kid just continues to look good and put up numbers. I'm not sure I can start DeAndre Swift confidently in a playoff game at this moment. I think I might need to see a little bit more. Is that fair? That is fair, and I'll get to that in a second. Did you know that Zonovan's nickname is Bam Knight? Buddy, that's why I picked him up. I'm like, this guy's name is Zonovan Bam Knight? Like, there's no way this guy's not good. This guy's a star. Like, give me a break. What a superstar. Zonovan. 
<laughs> you have Lucy. You're renamed Zonovan. She doesn't care. You have uh, you have all of your wide receiver horses ready to to run, and that makes your flex spot more interesting going into next week. I'm not going to yeah, tell. I got some decisions. You do, and I'm I'm not going to tell you uh, how to run your roster, but it is impossible to trust DeAndre Swift at this point, and in a situation yeah. where you can't get a mistake made. You have to start players who are going to get points. And Swift may have 19. That looks really good. But 5, 8, 6, 7, 6. Just yeah. looking through his game logs, man. That's just, it's so hard to trust that. Now, if you lose with him on your bench and his points in the place of the guy you started could have got you there, I still don't even feel like you can feel bad about that because he's so exactly. untrustworthy right now, man. And and I think that's the answer to the question. I thought about this all day today as I'm looking through matchups and I'm kind of like, oh man, DPJ against Baltimore, I kind of like that. Yeah. Like, like I got to try to find him into get him into the lineup somehow, right? Do I trust Hollywood Brown at this point with fucking McCoy? Like, I'm not sure. Um, looking into stuff today, I'm just sitting there and I thought that exact same thing. I'm like, if I bench Swift, I can sleep at night. And lose, I can sleep at night. I can justify that position. If I lose with Zonovan Knight dropping another 15-point game and Donovan Peoples-Jones, who's quietly having the having one of the quietest thousand-yard seasons ever, is like fucking sitting there on my bench again, like I can't, I can't live with myself with that. You know what I mean? So yeah, I don't know. Maybe I just answered the question, but we'll see. Long week to go here. We'll see how injury approach shake out. Dive a little more into the matchups and we'll go from there. Yep, absolutely. Uh, to Ryan's side of things, we uh, not Ryan, Rob's side of things. Rob takes this L. He is now your eight seed, I guess, if you want to call it that. Um, Saquon Barkley doors right after we bigged him up, and immediately just goes right down the shitter. His last four games, four fantasy points, 13, 16, and five. It's not horrible. It's not horrible, but it's not very good either. Like, it's just meh. That's what, an average of what, 10? At least, Nine? It, at least That's it's not good. at least it's happening in a year where Rob really didn't have a chance. The consistency didn't really stand out for the whole year. You know what I mean? It's not like he had a league-winning year that was wasted. He started off extremely right. hot, and then at about mm-hmm. you know week seven, eight, starts to taper off just a little bit. Like low-end RB one numbers had a boom week in there, but like you said, a couple bad weeks down the stretch. It's not. He's not the dude RB1 this year. We thought that there was high potential of him being that. Mm-hmm, he's still top mm-hmm. 5 to 10 in the league right now. That's nothing to slouch about. But um, at least it wasn't happening to Robin year that he was competing and, and Saquon was letting him down in big spots. This is a spot where, yeah, Philly's tough. But if you're going to be the guy, be the guy, right? Yeah. He needed him this week and uh, disappointing for him to get five points for him. Another disappointment, Debo Samuel carted off. It looked really bad. I don't know if you watched it, Doors, but it looked really bad. I'm yeah. like, holy shit, his knee is fucked. Might only miss three weeks now, which I guess is a good news long term, but for the loser bracket situation, it means his season for Rob's fantasy life is probably done, unless maybe he reaches the championship there, but we'll see. Championship toilet bowl? That's what we called it, toilet bowl. Well, this is what happens now, right? Is, is the guy that he's been reluctant to start because he hasn't been able to trust him whatsoever, Jerry Judy, Clocks into his lineup. Mm. Cortland Sutton missed this week, Tones. Nine targets, eight catches, 73 yards. That's fine. Three touchdowns. His first touchdown since week eight. He's only gotten two touchdowns this year coming to this game. Goes off for 29 points. Jerry Judy would have been our performer of the week if Rob had found a way to beat you. Right, he wasn't right. in his lineup. And the thing is, Rob can't trust him in his lineup. 
You, there was a, yeah. no situation in, in any way that any of us would have looked at this, not even the great Nick, the great Nick of Oz would not have sat there and put this man in his lineup because he hasn't earned the right to start. And that offense has been so bad. Dude, the Broncos are so bad. They're so bad. They're so there's so many unwatchable teams in the NFL right now. It's really, it really hurts me. And you know what? You pointed like it's not even about him working his way into the lineup. Like, who out of these four are you benching? Debo? No. Jamar? No. D Hop? No. Garrett Wilson for how hot he's been the last few weeks? Fuck no. Even against Buffalo, you just ride that wave and hope for the best. And it was the good process. Six receptions, 78 yards. Like, that's a fine game. If he scores a tutty there, we're not even having this conversation. Yeah. Like, you can't trust Judy there. You have four better options. So that's a, that's a tough one, man. That's a really tough one for, for Rob. But, uh, yeah, might have to work him back in that lineup. He might have to now, right, with Debo out, so... I don't know if he has another three tutty banger on his uh, under his belt, but we'll see what happens. I don't know, but all I know is that that man is emotional on the sideline, and as soon as he gets pissed off, Oof. good things happen. So more more of that from Judy would probably be ideal. Tougher Rob, but uh, off to the loser bracket he goes, and on the flip side of that, we get our number one seed, who we will talk about right now. That is, of course. Somehow, some way, we'll talk about how. <laughs> it's Mike Dotto. 11 and 3 for Mike. Rich, 1 and 13. Woof. And we talked about it. Uh, 117 <laughs> to 91. Not a great game, but either way, a five game win streak for Mike. He'll take it. And that is Tones, the longest win streak of the year. It ties Nick Dotto wow. for the longest win streak of the year. That's five. Uh, those fucking Dottos. The Dottos, man. I, I'm pretty convinced. I think Dan put her Rich or somebody in the chat. That's <laughs> just Nick giving him answers. Would you be shocked if Nick's just running both teams? No. That would be one of the great scandals in our league's history. That would be bigger than Bill Belichick taping Winnipeg, uh, New York Jets, Winnipeg Jets, New York Jets. Uh, we're talking Mike Dotto, so I'm just thinking hockey. Um, taping Winnipeg Jets practice, or I did it again. New York Jets practices. Wow. Fuck. Anyway. What, uh, what would be the fine? If we found that out, this would be the greatest scandal to rock fantasy football in in a century. What would well, be we would, what would be the punishment? Like, what would be the fine? I, th- I think what we do is we consult Stat Guy Dan and we say, "Hey, pull up your handy dandy uh, earnings list. How much have you earned from this league? Wow. Oh, five hundred dollars. You give that back into the commission's with pocket. interest, oh, okay. inflation." Yeah. Which means you owe us all sushi dinners right. on top of that payment back. I just want to say that's what that I would want to see. In the real NFL, the commissioner collects the check, so uh, I'm just just gonna throw that out. You there. think that money goes into Roger Goodell's pocket? One way, it does not. One way or another, the commissioner gets paid. You know what I mean? He he finds his way. He finds his way to get paid. So if you're getting paid, then I'm getting paid for this fucking podcast. Absolutely, that is true. Okay, I will cut you the wings when when nice. Thanks. Just give me like twenty percent. You know, twenty percent. Uh, give yourself some slack okay here. That. Come on. We'll, we'll fucking we'll, we'll negotiate. It's all right, okay. we're delaying uh, talking. Let's talk about, about him. That's, yeah. that's <laughs> Listen, you got to give it up to Mike. You got to give it up. Honestly, he's the one seed and a deserving one at that. This has been a crazy season and he had a great draft and he's made some really smart moves and he's the one seed for a reason. A big reason of that. His running back situation is honestly just week after week, just so impressive. He's got Aaron Jones on a bye this week. Doesn't matter. The three guys he starts combined for 52 points. Derrick Henry, Ezekiel Elliott, and Josh Jacobs. A pretty even distribution too. Like 19, 15, 18 points. Not like one guy went ballistic for 35. 
Like, the fact that he's got to bench one of those four at this point is kind of crazy. Like, even Zeke, man, we give Zeke a lot of shit, but, like, he's on a good offense that's going to score. He's going to plow in touchdowns. He's basically good Jamal Williams at this point, right? At least this guy can crank out a 15-yard carry. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's, I don't know, man. It's, um, you got to give it up. Whether this league, whether this league is a running back league still or not remains to be seen. Um, I still have some concerns about Mike's receivers, but you know, there was running backs could carry him all the way to a chip and I wouldn't be shocked. And on the Zeke note, he has scored in every game he's played since week six. He missed two weeks in there. There was Oof. a bye week. We're talking like multi-touchdown games in there as well. Sometimes doing it in, in more ways than one. So I haven't seen any funny, witty Yahoo blurbs in the last three weeks. All I've seen yeah. is just the facts. The fact is <laughs> he's been putting up 17, 16, 16, 15. He's scoring every single week. He almost cracked 100 yards rushing in one of those games, all while Pollard is doing it as well. So, yeah, you're in a great spot if you're Mike. You play matchups if you need to or you just trust your horses who got you there. Uh, he'll never trust Mike Evans again, but that doesn't matter because he's got a lot of other guys putting up points, uh, and Mike's in a great spot. Also, Amari Cooper played on the road this week. Naturally, he sucked. He had five <laughs> points. Like I said, Mike, he plays Baltimore next week at home and New Orleans in week 16 at home. Those are startable games, okay? He's going to score a touchdown. But as we said, do not start on this week. I said he was going to have two catches for 20 yards. He had two catches for 42 yards, which is close. But I digress. Fucking Amari Cooper. Well done. I should have known. I should have looked at that for myself and said, okay, well, it's not going to be an Amari Cooper game. Ball's got to go somewhere. Let's get DPJ in there. Fuck. Silly me. It's like I don't listen to this podcast. Um, this Kyler injury, Doris, yeah. is a big deal. And I know the chat kind of discussed it. Um, I'm going to weigh in here. Like, I think this is a bigger deal than people maybe think it is. This year for streaming quarterbacks is awful. Another league lost Trey Lance in like week one or whatever, and I've been streaming all season to wildly varying success. Like, it has been so difficult to predict what's going to happen even when you're sitting there going, oh, wow, great matchup. Like, I was looking ahead to next week, right? Because now i got to pick up a QB, and I have Goff, and I'm like, he's got, like, the Jets next week, and I'm like, I think i got to roll with him because there's no other better options. Like, it's just ugly out there right now. And, like, there's going to be, I know Mike's sitting there just, oh, get me 15 points or whatever. You say that now. You say that now, but if Derrick Henry has a down week or Josh Jacobs, God forbid, has a down week, that difference between 22, 23, and 15 is massive when you're going up against the other really good teams in the league. Lucky for Mike, he's got a couple weeks to sort it out, right? This is what the bye week's for. You just need to buy two weeks. Two weeks. That's it, right? Yeah. He put up 117 this week. It's with a 0.6 out of yeah. his starting quarterback. Even 15 yeah. points get Mike, gets Mike to 132. But the question is, and I'll answer it for you, is that enough? It may not be enough when you're playing guys like Franco mm -hmm. and Nick and what Ryan's done in the last few weeks. 132 may not be enough. There are some juggernauts remaining in the playoffs. I am not one of them, but there are some really good teams remaining that can put up really high point totals. So Mike right now has Trevor Lawrence sitting on his bench. That's cool because Trevor Lawrence had 33 points this week and what was mm -hmm. a career day for him. But Mike put in the chat himself, the next three weeks he's got among the toughest passer matchups in the league Dallas Jets even Houston is really good they're just gonna run the hell out of that game uh it's just it's tough it's tough it's gonna be tough to trust Trevor Lawrence the way you've trusted Kyler Murray when he's been healthy all year long so yeah. curious to see what Mike's what Mike does there but like you said he's got some time to figure it out 
Uh, congrats to Mike, putting a bow on him. Um, to Rich's side of things, not much to talk about other than future stuff, really. Yeah. J.K. Dobbins was back. Broke off a big run, but that big run, I don't know. I wasn't the only one to point this out. I remember watching when I was seeing it live, and I was like, oh, in the first half. And then in the second half of that run, I'm going, oh. And then, oh. And I'm like, uh, that didn't look right. Like, if you actually watch it, like, his running stride is weird. Right. His knees don't even go up, it seems like. And, like, that two years ago, rookie J.K. Dobbin, that's a house call. Yeah. Like, he sh- no one at all should have fucking caught him. At all. Like, it was weird. So... We'll see what how healthy J.K. Dobbins will be in a couple weeks. Uh, but good to see him back out there. Jameson Williams, this is actually exciting. Yeah. Only one catch, but like for a 48-yard touchdown bomb, which is what he fucking does, I imagine his snap count's only going to rise from here, Doors. This guy could be a difference maker in the loser bracket. He could. I think so. And this is the beauty of being in this position. There, there's very little to be excited about when you're in this spot. At this point of the year, you want to be a playoff team. But this is one of the beauties of it is that you get to watch – your good young players show what they have and give you a sneak peek of what they could be on your team Mm -hmm. in the future. And from Rich's perspective, you and I know, because we've kind of been there with lack of keeper options, this is a guy he could very well keep depending on what he does down the stretch, what he looks like in camp next year, and how that team shakes out. So very exciting for Rich to be able to see that. And I think that the Dobbins and Jamison Williams thing happened very close together in the chat on Sunday. So it was a lot of excitement Mm -hmm. going on for Rich in that situation. Uh, like you said, though, this is all about the future and what's coming up in the next couple weeks. Unfortunately for Rich, he's got Dan in two weeks when we go to the loser bracket semis. So it'll be a tough spot for him, but he still has picks. He's still in a great spot. And no matter what happens in the loser bracket, uh, he'll, be in, he'll be in a good situation. So Yeah. Um, let's get to the next matchup. The other Dotto, our two seed, Nicholas, defeating Christian Gennaro, 169-92. to Nick... We've been giving you shit all season long, but honestly, it's time to tip the cap a little bit here. This is like honestly astounding. Two straight years with no picks. He survived CMC injuries all last year. Keeps finding good players later in the draft. This year, who was it? Miles Sanders? Take your pick, right? Last year, a couple years ago, Justin Jefferson. He just keeps doing this shit, right? It's so fucking aggravating. Last year was Fournette, if you remember. Uh, Keeps making smart trades. Lockett, great trade. Here he is, man. And I know we, you know, we get the sorcerer stuff, but I think this is skill. I think this is skill. Like Nick's fucking good at this, man. You can't do this two years in a row and just chalk it all up to luck. Yeah, he's caught some breaks. So have all of us. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is skill, man. You got to give it up, man. He is really, really good. And we all need to bring our A games in order to beat this guy. Here's the, it's crazy. Here's the thing. I, I've said it in the past, but I'm going to, uh, I'm going to expand on it for, for just 20 or 30 seconds here. When you have good keepers, your team is better. No shit. Every year, though, when you know these guys are going to have a higher ceiling than everybody else, you have more confidence to make the moves that Nick makes. So when I keep Mike Davis and Chase Claypool, I'm not going into the next year saying, I'm going to trade my first, second, third round pick to get really good players. Tones, I could have had Tyler Lockett for a second. I could have had Keenan Allen for a first. I could have traded my first and my third for Aaron Jones. I didn't do that at the time. I liked my team. But in Nick's situation, he looks at his team in a whole different light because he's got arguably coming into this year, what would have been the number one receiver in fantasy in Justin Jefferson and the number one running back in Christian McCaffrey. And by the way, he had Nick Chubb. So year after year after year, those players give him the confidence to make the moves he makes. I'm not saying Nick doesn't make those moves if he keeps a guy like fucking Mike Davis, which he never would do because no one would ever do that. I'm just saying he comes into every year with the same mentality because he's got such 
horses and he lets them ride and then makes all these trades. See, I'm going to counter a couple things you said there. So in relation to like someone like your team, right? You're saying, well, because I like my team. And right there is such a perfect dichotomy of it, of like, you liked your team, but that's like a self-evaluation thing, right? Yep. Yeah, you can like your team, but can it get better? Yep. Yeah. Do I want to cough up a second round pick for it? It's up to you, but like he does, he's just saying, yes, because my team is going to be better. Why not fucking do this? Okay. And that's, I think, the skill part of it is being able to evaluate yourself and say, okay, this guy's not it this year. And I've tried to do that in years past, even this year. I cut bait on so many guys early because I'm like, yep. You know, this guy's probably just not happening. I put my ego aside and my preseason like pride away and try to just build a good team in some way, shape or form. That's number one. Number two, good keepers. Yeah, sure. Nick was second in our keeper rankings. Okay. Ryan was number one. I was number three. CRG was number four. So like, yep. Rob was five. Like I just named three out of the five teams here are not playoff teams. Does that make sense? No, two. Two of the five, two. but you barely two. squeaked two in. Two of the yeah. five, and I, sque- and I squeaked in. Yeah. So by that logic, it's like, well, okay, well, we all should have been just chilling then and just coughing up picks. It's not the same, and I get it. Like, those guys are unbelievable, but CMC, as we've talked about, is not the CMC of old. Justin Jefferson's unreal, but I have Diggs. Diggs is just as good. It's not like I'm fucking going ballistic, you know what I mean? So I do think there is... The ability to find these Miles Sanders, find these Leonard Fournettes, trade for the Lockets, who was a guy that was not on a lot of our radars, right? I was thinking Lockett, ah, it's early season. Teams haven't figured shit out yet. Seattle's going to fall back down to earth. They didn't. They still haven't. That's just smart evaluation, man. He knows the ball's got to go to two guys and one of them's Lockett. That's just smart. That's smart. And to back up your point, here it is, right? It's a guy like Miles Sanders in his lineup for 28 points. So I'm looking at this objectively and being like, well, 169. Well, yeah, he had some boom weeks, of course. JJ, keeper. McCaffrey, keeper. That's 27 and 28. But how about Miles Sanders and his 28 points mm-hmm. in his starting lineup? How about his fucking bench? How about Jarek yes. McKinnon with 28 on his bench because he picked him up at the last minute because he thought it would be worth taking a chance? How about DJ Chark, who none of us could be bothered in picking up, had 12 last I week. I wanted him. Had, had, I eyed him. Had 12. And he did it. He pulled the trigger. Right. right? Smart. He does it all the time. And, and does he do it because he's got so many guys to give up because he has no draft picks? Who knows? But either way, you got to pick up the right dude. You can't just pick up a dude. You got to pick up the dude. So yes. he did it. He always does it. You're right. Fine. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Move on. Fucking Nick. Whatever. I'm going to rub salt in the wound here. Yeah, do it. Justin Jefferson, do you know what... Uh, do you know what he's on pace for this season? A good season. He's on pace for 1,961 receiving yards, which is three yards shy of Calvin Johnson's single season record. Jeez. I feel like no one's talking about this. Like, and, you know, I actually talked to McAuliffe about this on Monday, and I was like, uh, I was like, dude, like, it's crazy that no one's talking about this. You brought up a good point. Like, there's just, well, there's Tyree Kill, there's Stefan Diggs. There's so many good receiver performances right now that shit like this is just going to slip through. It's like unbelievable that this guy is about to shatter, like, potentially shatter 
Calvin Johnson's single season record if he has another one of these 200 yard games like he's going to eclipse that by 100 200 yards like it's kind of nuts man and like no one's talking about it Jefferson's a freak it's even what a stud it's even more surprising that no one's talking about it in a year that until this week the Vikings only had two losses and it was coming into week 14 they have three losses right now they are running away with that division and they are like actual contenders in the NFC right now. And again, nah, I wouldn't say that. I'm just saying, look at the record tones. Yeah, yeah. Other than Philly, they are dominating. And I know that maybe a team like San Fran is trending more in the right direction in the NFC. We won't go into that stuff. This is a fantasy podcast. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm just saying, I'm just surprised on top of Justin Jefferson's amazing season that Minnesota isn't more in the spotlight, that JJ isn't more in the spotlight on everyone else's radar. That's all. You know what? It's so funny. Like, I think people are just like Minnesota is like the Giants. Like they're just frauds and everyone knows it. Like their record is just inflated. Like every underlying metric number, everything you look at, they're just an average team that's just getting some schedule luck. It's like everyone's just like, fuck the Vikings. We're not talking about them. (laughs) We're just we're done. We're done with these guys. Okay. we'll talk in the fucking wildcard round when they get bounced. But how about the Eagles with their incredible schedule luck as well? You've talked to me plenty of times about how much you like the Eagles this year. And we're going to take a 20 second break from fantasy for me to ask you. Eagles, Vikings, 49ers. Who wins your NFC? Eagles, because their roster is actually good. That's the difference. The Vikings roster is not actually good. When Fair. you look at it, it's really not. Like, they had to go out and trade TJ for TJ Hawkinson because they had no secondary receiving option because Thielen is washed. Name four guys on their defense. Yeah. You can't do no, it. Can't. You know what I mean? Like, their secondary is terrible. They allow yards left and right. The Eagles are actually good. They have no weaknesses. Their only weakness, really, if you can point to it, is their run defense, which, like, who cares? Sure, I dare you to fucking run the ball against us when we're up 14-0 in the second quarter of a playoff game. Go ahead. Do it. See how fucking far you get. That's the difference. Do you remember- and the Niners are an actual good team, too. Tons of weapons. Tons of good defensive talent. Like They're just better. The Vikings just don't look like what the record says they are. Sorry, Rob. Before we move on, do you remember when we left Mike Dottle's place in Brampton the night that Richard David Martin Ben won the... Uh, yeah. The Eagles won that incredible, yeah. incredible game, okay? And that was in 2017. And we said, in, in, in one word or another, we basically, in one way or another, we basically said, when you win a chip, you've got five years. You've got five years of yeah. saying, I am happy. My team is probably going to be in shambles because all of my old guys are going to get too old. All my young guys are going to get too rich. And then it's just not going to work out. That's a five-year window. 2018, 2019, 2021. 20, Guess what? This is the year 2022. It's year five. Rich Ben, he's won a fantasy championship in that span. He's gotten engaged. Oh, baby. Is this the best Ooh. five years of Rich's life? I don't know. Amazing. I don't know. I know that meeting us in university was, was a great time. But Rich, I mean, this is a hell of a run for you, buddy. Uh, okay. Great run. Moving on from Rich. Back, this isn't, back, back to Nick. Yeah, this, is, <laughs> this isn't his spotlight. <laughs> back to Rattusi. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Sunday Night Football was very telling for me, Doris. Yeah. Justin Herbert looked like his old self. He looked really good. I have a couple Chargers fans in my life. I know. Doris puts his hands to his <laughs> face. He's smacking his face. It's okay. Tua's not as good. And you know, you're just going to have to live with it. You know what's the worst? Is now you guys are going to ride this Tua thing. who's average for the next 10 years. And you guys are going to be just good enough to be good, but not good enough to be elite. Oh, it's going to be. It's Tannehill 2.0. Anyway. Two has actually been pretty good. Um, Herbert's been amazing. He looked great. Finally, fully healthy. 
couple Chargers fans in my life, one of the more prominent ones, saying, hey, remember the rib injury early in the season? I go, oh my God, yeah, wow, that felt like ages ago. Yeah. He's like, apparently he's back and he's fully healthy. He looked like he was healthy again. And on top of that, has his weapons all back. And I'm looking up and I go, oh my God, that's right. Nick could potentially be acquiring an elite fantasy QB here for the playoffs. And he's got Keenan Allen. He's got Gerald Everett. Like, I mean... Fuck us, right? Like, good lord. He's got the yeah. He's got the stack in Keenan. Exactly what you were just saying. And when you look at Herbert over the last four games, high totals. He's looking healthy. And I think when when you look at the fact that Mike Will and Keenan both played a full game together on the field for the first time this season, and it's week fourteen, only better things to come for that entire squad, man. Four hundred and sixty-seven totally. passing yards, like. We're going to see more of that. We're, ju- we're just oh, yeah. going to. We have to. Uh, uh, downside to Nikki here. What's going on with Nick Chubb, man? Since his bye week, 13 fantasy points, 8, 19, 8, 6. This guy was the overwhelming RB1 for a lot of this year. And we're all going, holy shit, this is the year of Nick Chubb. The volume's been there. I don't know what's going on. What gives? Like, 8 and 6 points with Deshaun Watson back. Like... It's wild. I would have never guessed that. In in game one, Deshaun Watson was absolutely atrocious. Um, it just it Terrible. just wasn't it. They managed to beat Houston on the back of their defense, but that entire offense was disjointed. That was the game that Nick Chubb should have gone off because Houston's good against the pass, man, and they're playing indoors yeah. at Houston. Um, but Deshaun Watson was a mess, and that whole offense was disjointed. Now it's this week against Cincinnati. I don't know. Maybe just call it a bad game. It's Baltimore next. Then it's New Orleans. You end the year in a tough game against Washington. But if Deshaun can get the offense actually clicking, I hate to say it, but as well as Jacoby Brissett had that offense clicking, man, maybe better days real. ahead. Better, maybe better yeah. days ahead for Nick Chubb. And he's got another week to show Nick what he's got. Thing is, Nick's a smart guy. He's not benching Nick Chubb. There is no situation no. where Nick Chubb gets put on no. your bench. So let's just give it another week. Let's see what happens here because you expect better days ahead for Chubb. For sure, for sure. Um, have we heard from CRG a couple times in the chat? I was concerned for him before. We haven't heard from this guy in like three or four weeks in this chat. He has barely made any moves. I'm like, is he alive? Is CRG breathing? Like, I hope he's okay. Can someone check on him? What long lost cottage did he like lose Wi-Fi signal in? And he's just been holed up there eating cheese puffs. Like, uh, what's going on? Like, where is he? And now he finally piped up, dropped some Jay's news for us. Great signing by the Jays. Love to see it. Um, So CRG is alive. We can confirm. But I was worried for a while. In 2020, Rob sold in like week three and then went off the grid for like 10 weeks because he was building his house. He was doing renovations. He was quitting his job slash not. There was a million things going on for Rob. Maybe this is just a really busy time in Janera's life. And he's like, fuck it. I'm out on fantasy, man. Like, that's it for me. So if I wasn't the commissioner dude and if I wasn't actually in a playoff race, maybe I'd do the same thing. i just pop off the grid like Janera does. But I have this fucking podcast to do every week, so i got to stay relatively <laughs> dialed in. You know what I mean? <laughs> you better. You better. Anyway. I, don't know if I, I don't know if this league can handle too much Tony time. Let's be hey, honest. Hey, shout out to Janera for being um, alive. Congratulations, man. Nice to see you. Congrats. Yeah. Can't wait to see him again. Uh, all right, Doors, let's finally get to your matchup. I can't wait. I'm so excited. But first, we're going to start with Franco. Franco beat you seven and seven, defeating Alex nine and five. One hundred five to eighty-five is the final score in this yeah. one. Like I said, we'll save you for last. 
This was some bye week hell for Franco, which is insane that we have to deal with bye weeks in week 14. Yeah. Come on, NFL. Let's solve this, please. You know, it's the last week of the fucking regular season of fantasy. You know better than this. But that being said, Franco puts up a dud. Why? Because his fringy guys of Gabriel Davis, Demarcus Robinson, Foster Moreau, these guys that, you know, Davis has been in in and out of his lineup most of the year, but the other two, like, that's your best waiver moves? Like, guy, he's sitting here with like $97 of fab. This is why you have every advantage. You had 14 weeks to prepare for this. (laughs) In a game that you've probably, like, you didn't need, but, like, sure, what if you needed it four weeks ago? Plan ahead. Yeah. I don't know. Thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. His bench this week, at least my bench outdueled his bench, man. My bench was elite compared nice. to his bench. His bench, Let's he's go. got six guys on his bench. His bench put up a total of 0.5 points because everyone else is either dead on a bye. DeAndre Carter had one catch for zero yards. Why is DeAndre Carter on his team? Like, it's fucking insane. Like, Dude, one catch for zero yards, but that equals half a fantasy point because of the post, the, the, the peeper. Get his daughter on the yeah. phone. She's got to drop DeAndre Carter yeah. immediately. Who else does she have to drop? Get Demarcus Robinson out of here. I don't know what that's all about. And get your homer pick of Foster Moreau and his fucking zero, zero, zero. Let her drop these guys, Franco, and let her spend some fab. Good Lord. Listen, listen, listen. His roster will be more appropriate next week when he shows up with all of his guys. For sure. It'll be a great time for him. It'll be fine. And another guy who is looking just fine this week, is once again Tony Pollard. I thought that because of the success that he's had, this would be a week that finally he tapers off, you know? Maybe this is it. Maybe they go up big against Houston and Pollard doesn't have anything to do with it. Zeke had the touchdowns and they just sit down their best players in the second half. Absolutely not. Another 20-plus point week for this guy. It's been a hell of a run lately for, for him. It didn't look so great on the ground, but he's just doing it in every way possible. So, yeah. Uh-huh. Pass catching, baby. That's what the, he's just seemed like every time he touches the ball, like he's just a big play, like waiting to happen. It just seems like he's a threat to score every single time. It's so dangerous. It's kind of like, obviously, for different reasons, but it's like every time Tyreek has the ball in his hands, you're just thinking, this could, this is a house call. Like, you know what I mean? And it's just, man, Pollard's just so electric. He's so good. Um, he's really fun to watch. And you know, I'm jealous that for, I don't have him on my fantasy team. Um, Franco's last three weeks here, Doors, 99 points, 133, 105. I don't know what to make of this right now. I think I need, like, let's do a little temperature check on Franco's team heading into the playoffs because I, I don't know. I don't know where I stand. I think I'm, like, lukewarm. It's a lame way to bail out of that, I guess, but I don't know. Where where, where do you stand? Yeah, I mean, Devontae Adams has been the number one receiver in fantasy this year. He puts up single digits for the first time since week eight. So I think that Devontae Adams is about to come back and have another big game next week. Travis Kelsey, who always finds the end zone, doesn't find it this week. He's a big game away, which is waiting to happen. And like we said, we had a, he had a bunch of guys on a, on a bye this week. That includes McLaurin, who's yeah. been good. Olave, who's been good. Yeah. Uh, Kamara, look, I don't know what to expect out of Kamara on any given week, but he has still the potential to pop off. So I, I just... I understand the point total is low. That's why I'm excusing him from this week. The 99 three yeah. weeks ago, it's the only dud in the last seven weeks that he had ever since. It was consistently 120 with the floor. So I'm liking Franco's team. I'm horrified yeah. of Franco's team. I thought it was a win yeah. for me this week coming in because of how many guys he had out. But we can't discount the fact that my team is just incredibly shit. 
Dude, we got to do it, man. The panic button is firmly being hit the past three weeks. It's just not been good, man. It's just not been good. Your team puts up another dud. This was a spot for you to get right. 85 points. Yikes, bro. Yikes. Yeah, yikes is right. I was the lowest scorer of the week this week. Um, Rich Ben outscored me. Christian Gennaro outscored me by like seven. So in a game wow. that I could have won, I talk all the time about schedule luck, this and that. I had to play. I only got to play Janera and Rich once this year. Those fucking guys would have beat me. And guess what? Mm. Last week, Janera would have beat me again. I put up 99 points last week. Rich had 88, so I would have beat him. But still, like, you look at the schedule, it's like... And then a couple weeks before that, I was the third lowest scorer. So, yeah, tons. There's no, there's no panic button. I mean, we've just... We've basically bombed the the fucking facility here like everything is on the ground it's rubble we're gonna pick it up next year like we got too much cleanup to do now we're just gonna take the shovels move it off to the side so people can walk through the path and and that's it like it's over dude it's fucking over this team is done cooked there is no confidence we fired our head coach like the gm's out the door by the end of the season whoa it's that's it man the the team the team is you're out next season did you just break some news no 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 the other gm the other guy What's what? I don't know, man. Hold on. Collusion? Listen, in the last... Who's your other listen GM? To me, listen to me. In the last three weeks, okay? This is yeah. important. In the last three weeks, my team has scored a total of four touchdowns. Non-QB touchdowns. I had one Woof. touchdown this week. I had one touchdown oh last week from Jamal Williams. Thank you. And two touchdowns the week before with CD and Jamal Williams. That's it. Everyone else has disappeared off the face of the earth. And I said it last week that maybe option B, instead of the option A being everyone sucks permanently now, maybe option B is we're all just waiting for a breakout. So there still is this like maybe potential of next week me coming out and dropping 150 because everyone is due. The regression flips on me and everyone is due for their big week. But guys just look straight up bad. Guys like Christian Kirk isn't even the first option or the second option on his team. Travis Etienne can't find any holes. Damian Pierce is legitimately dead. Jamal Williams doesn't score. He sucks. CD doesn't have to be the best player on his team anymore because there's so many other good players there. They do it in so T. many T. ways. T.Y. Hilton's there, man. I mean, it's T.Y. T. stealing the oh, show. absolutely. Man. Mark Andrews, Mandrews. Dude. He is not, he's, uh, I shouldn't make that joke. He is not playing well. So, I mean, look, my best players have been my kicker and apparently Juju Smith-Schuster, who's back. So... <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> back on your team, Fucking too, which is great. It. Yeah, he came back. Nine receptions, 74 yards, and a touchdown uh, in his Alex team debut. Very nice to see, at least. Hey, that's one positive to take yeah. away, right? I mean, your receivers should still be pretty good. Like, I don't know what's up with Waddle. Like, is he playing through something? I kind of wanted to ask you about that as the Dolphins fan here. Three receptions the last two games, not Not good. at all. Look, the Dolphins' offense looked disjointed. Last week, they looked, they looked mm. disjointed this week. Those were his two worst weeks of the season, minus week five, he had three points. That's fine. It's been a great offensive year for the Finns. Tyreek has been the better player. And until these two really, really tough matchups where they got played really tight by two decent defenses, say what you will about the Chargers, but they played really well in that game. Um, they played great. It yeah. was just yeah. not it for the Dolphins these past two weeks. So at Buffalo next week in a game that they want to have, tougher matchup. Dolphins better fucking show up for it. And I don't know who's going to mm. be open between Waddle and Tyreek, but it might be Waddle. I'm not worried about Waddle long term. But Waddle with Josh Allen and Nick fucking Folk can't keep this team afloat. Like, there are just yeah. a bunch of dudes that looked really, really good through week eight and nine and who have just faltered like crazy. And now, like you said, 
I've lost Damian Pierce, who to be honest, I wasn't gonna trust down the stretch anyway. And we're in this spot. So, I mean, if I was in the loser bracket right now, Rich would probably beat me this week. That's where I'm at. Like I am just Damn. floundering and it's fine. I've accepted this from three weeks ago. This team sucks. They were great. Now they stink. So let's... Should have traded for Tyler Lockett. Yeah. Um, Jalen Waddell next week plays the Buffalo yep. Bills. That's, that's tough. Yeah, it is. That's tough. Um, so you bench Pierce. I thought that was a smart move. Did you, like there was, she was just no chance of him starting, right? After the last few weeks. When I saw what happened against Washington and Miami when he got game scripted out, 10 rushes for eight yards, five rushes for eight yards... He had a good total last week against Cleveland, 18 rushes for 73. Mm-hmm. But this week, like, he's not involved enough in the passing game for me to feel like this is a great idea. So this week against mm-hmm. Dallas, I just watched Dallas put up like 59 points against Indianapolis. I'm like, this guy's going to be game scripted out with 10 minutes to go in the first quarter. Like, Yikes. I just didn't, I felt like I would be okay with Jamal's 50 yards and a touchdown for 11 points. Turns out that's exactly what Pierce had. Um, I just wanted a, a safer floor for that RB2 spot. That's all. That's all it was. And that was Jamal Williams, who did not get a touchdown, but had his 36 rushing yards or 37. So three points. Tough. I needed more from the receivers Tough. this week. It didn't happen. My team sucks. Yeah. Moving on. Yeah. What a shame. All right, Doris. It's time to predict the playoffs. Let's fucking go. go. Mm. Okay. Here's how we're going to yeah. do it. You're going to give yours. I'm going to give mine. Your bracket. Your whole damn yeah. thing. In there, we'll do the point spread game for just this week alone. Make sense? I think so. Okay. I'm going to throw it to you first. You ready? Yeah, I am. So in our quarterfinals next week, we have the four-seed me playing the five-seed Franco. Franco wins by a million. Um, In the other quarterfinal side, it is Ryan against Tones. And Tones. It's tough. It's so tough. Don't do it, Doris. Don't do it, man. Ryan has been so hot. He has found a way to get it done, and I'm going to stick with Ryan, despite the fact that I want to pick you. I want to pick you because of the points. I want to pick you because of the projections. But Tones, I can't trust your team, man. You can't trust your team. okay, man. I can't do it. Although everyone's healthy now, I just don't see it. So I'm going to have Ryan advancing, which means um, you are disowning me as your friend, but more importantly, we will have a week... Uh, oh, pod next week where we're both out. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I have Mike in this case. We'll be playing Franco. I can't pick against Mike. With what he's been doing, mm. I can't pick against Mike with the ceiling that he has there. I have Mike beating Franco in what is probably going to be a tight matchup. And on the other side, I have Ryan against Nick. And I can't believe I'm saying it, but Nick has been too good. And Nick will move on to play wow, chalk. to play Mike in the finals, where we will have a surprise of the ages. The one seed will not win. Nick Dotto will be our first three-time champion. Wow. He wow. will prove once again why he is the class of the Holden Dick Fantasy League, and he will beat Mike, who will be even more devastated this time than when he lost to Rich Ben. Nick Dotto will be your 2022 Hold Dick champion, three-time champ. I am honored to hand him that trophy um, at the Super Bowl party. Dan, uh, Dan just threw up in his mouth. Yeah. And you know what that means. If Nick wins, Dan's going on a... He might trade every pick. He might just have exclusively 13th round picks the following year. He's just going to sell it all. He needs, to, he needs to keep up with Nicky. I would love to see that, actually. It'd be fucking wild, yeah. eh? 
Uh, okay, cool. I love it. Chalky, 1v2. Cool. My side of things, Doris, mine's going to be a little story. Okay. There's a young man named Mike Paul Dotto. He once had a receding hairline. He no longer has that receding hairline. He has great hair now. He has an exceptional beard. He gets more handsome every time I see him. It's true. Very good looking man. He taught me a lesson once upon a time, Doris. A lesson that I've learned and kept internal deep within my heart. You guys will know it when I say it. Manifest. Manifest. Me versus Ryan? Pfft, I got this shit. Tone's moving on. You versus Franco? I got to take Franco. Your team's, your team's in fucking shambles, bro. I'm so Thanks sorry. Thanks for manifesting that, man. Did, did, not, did not think I'd fucking say that four <laughs> weeks ago, man. I thought, thought you were winning the whole fucking thing, yeah, man. Jesus too, Christ. Man. Unbelievable. Now we're into the semis. It's Mike versus me, 1v6. It's 2v5, Nick versus Franco. What have we been saying all year, Doris? This year's fucking banana lands. There is going to be chaos. And that chaos is name. It's Anthony Caminiti. I'm fucking beating Mike. Get him out of here. You've had your time. It's my fucking time. I'm going to the finals. Who am I playing there? Well, of course it's the five seed. It's got to be Franco. This guy's ceiling is so up there. Him and Nick are going to do battle. It's going to be like 172, 167. Nick's going to be heartbroken, but he's going to be a gentleman about it. Shake hand firmly, right hand, right hand. You know what I mean? Say, Franco, great week. You go win it all. But he's not going to. Because I'm winning it all, Doris. <laughs> the sixth seed. Rich did it with Stefan Diggs and Dalvin Cook. Guess whose team they're on now? Yours. It's your boys. Dalvin Cook quietly been pretty damn good all season. We all know Stefan Diggs is elite. I'm bringing it in. Manifest it, baby. Manifest it. And I'm telling you right now. What I have planned and have been planning for if I win this fucking thing. Since 2014. Buddy, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Tone's defeating Franco in the chip. That's my prediction. Here's the thing. And this is, this, this is the crazy thing about what you just said. That is the complete opposite of what I said. And I can yeah. actually see it. Like, this is not even like, and I'm just trying to be completely, you know, unbiased about this. I can totally see that playing out. Absolutely. Your guys just have one week where we know they can. We've seen what your guys can do. Mike, we can see weeks that Mike only puts up 130. If you put up 150 against Mike, you can win that. You can 100%. win that. In one week where Derrick Henry in the cold has four points and Aaron Jones gets hurt. Ooh, did I just manifest that? Whoa! Whoa. Aaron Jones against you not performing would be amazing. Aaron Jones hurting <laughs> oh, no. you while DeAndre Swift is on your bench holy shit but listen tones you i got nothing but love you for gotta get through ryan first anyway long story short listen, that was awesome winning three in a row is going to be so difficult winning yeah. three in a row i said i said a couple weeks ago it's going to be so difficult me predicting three te two teams to do it is fucking is or to, like one two two teams to almost do it essentially is so crazy but i'm just steering into the madness that is this fucking season so I'm in, man. I'm fucking winning. Let's go. It's my fucking time. Zonovan Knight's taking me all the way, baby. 
Bam, bam, let's go. So here's here's Woo! the problem with the point Fired spread up. game is that we don't agree on what's happening next week. We both agree that Franco's going to destroy me. So Franco being favored by 12 against me, we got Franco. Let's just ship that. You're a 10-point favorite against Ryan in these quarterfinals, which is interesting. Um, I have Ryan advancing. You don't have Ryan advancing. We disagree. Um, that's all I got on that. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Do we want <laughs> cool man? <laughs> do do we want to briefly talk about these matchups in terms of what to expect? I mean, I'm just looking at Franco's 141 projected points against me this week, which is the highest total in projections we've seen on any team any year this year. We can very quickly talk about some of these matchups and what might swing it Let's either way. It. I'll start with mine because I want to get this over a little quicker. Long story short, he's got a bunch of guys ready to absolutely go off. It's Tony Pollard, Devontae Adams, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. We talk all the time about having a few guys that can hit those high ceilings, and all of a sudden you're putting up 140. If three of those guys do things this week, it doesn't matter what Terry McLaurin and Buffalo's defense and Chris Olave and Gabe Davis do. It doesn't matter. If Franco has two or three of those guys go off, I am done. I need Franco to put up 110 or less if I'm going to compete in this one. I have too many question marks. Every guy at every position could have a multitude of of, um, situations play out, and I think it's mostly negative. So I've got Franco destroying me. There really isn't much else I need to say about this. If you'd like to add, go ahead. If not, we can move on to you. No, I mean, I'm just looking at matchups. Seems like that Dallas-Jacksonville game is going to be heavily viewed by you two guys. You have like a combined four players in that thing. Jamal against the fucking Jets is tough, man. Like even Juju against Houston. I mean, listen, it's the Chiefs. They're going to be just fine. Um, But that's even tough. I think Allen against Miami, that could be a shootout, right? I could see 40 points out of that, right? No questions asked. I kind of think Devontae Adams is a big... Like, obviously, he's an X-Factor, but him against New England is very interesting. Um, it's in Vegas, but that's not an easy matchup. And, like, I wouldn't be shocked if Adams has a pretty ho-hum, 5-for-80, no-touchdown kind of game. I doubt it actually will happen, uh, but it's just something to something to keep an eye on. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of with you. I think fucking Franco's team looks ready to rock. I mean, McLaurin in the flex is really nice. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's tricky. I mean, Kamara, I think they're being quite generous with some of these projections on these guys. Like Kamara to get 14 is a little ridiculous. Uh, but I guess that balances out because Pollard only getting 12 is also ridiculous. Um, so, you know, the projections are whatever, but I do think just looking at it, I think Franco definitely has an advantage, but I don't know, man, I wouldn't be shocked if you, if you pull this one out, I wouldn't be shocked. Chaos, baby. When we let it rain. When we switch gears to your matchup, looks like Ryan has made some adjustments. The spread is now sitting at eight points. He's got uh, a move made where he now has Christian Watson in his lineup, which he wasn't uh, a couple of hours ago. So here's what we're looking at now. We're looking at you as an eight-point favorite, projected 129. Ryan projected 121. This is the matchup of what version will we get? There are so many guys I'll point out. Let's start with Ryan's team. What version of Devonta Smith and Jared Goff do we get? What version of Joe Mixon do we get? If Mixon puts up 30, you're fucking cooked. What version of James Conner and Christian Watson? Is Christian Watson going to have three touchdowns or is the streak finally going to come to an end coming off yeah, the bye? Yeah. Yeah. What version of Chris Godwin? I named almost his entire roster, but flipping gears, man, if you've got Zonovan Knight in there and DeAndre Swift and Mike Will and Marquise Brown, what version of those guys are we going to get? And even looking at your bench, if you put in Dante Foreman or Chuba or Donovan Peoples-Jones, 
what are we gonna get? I can see so many different ranges of outcomes for this game. I can see 150 to 140. I can see 95 to 84. I don't mm. know what we're gonna get out of this matchup, but it makes it more interesting to watch it. Yeah, it's gonna be, uh, I got a lot of lineup decisions. I highly doubt this will actually be my lineup come Sunday. Um, we got Saturday games, eh? Fucking weird. Yeah, we do. That's gonna be big, man. If Stefan Diggs could get me off on the right foot here, on the Saturday night game against Miami, look out, baby. But, uh, yeah, we're going to see. I don't know. I don't love a lot of these matchups. I love Zonovan Knight against Detroit. I think that's going to be great. Uh, Cook against Indy is pretty good. Mike Will against Tennessee is a smash spot. Absolute light it up. On Ryan's side, Godwin against Cincy again. Potential. They're going to be chasing that game, right? They're going to have to throw. In order to fucking keep pacing that game, they're going to have to throw. Uh, I don't know what to make of Chicago's defense. I feel like sometimes they look pretty good. Sometimes they don't. So Devonta Smith, we'll see. I've been wrong about that guy this season. But hey, I have Hurts. And that's what makes him and my matchup kind of interesting, right? Like, okay, feed feed Smith. That's cool with me, bro. I'm good with that. James Conner is a guy that still scares me. He goes against Denver's D. He's just volume, right? I don't even care what matchup he has. He's going to get all the volume. And if he does and gets through the game unscathed, he's probably fine in the end zone and he's going to be okay. So... I don't know, man. I uh, this this is a coin flip, but I, I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling good about my score. The thing about f- somehow, I don't know how we got here, but I am. Me and me and Franco's matchup. There's a lot of guys playing on Saturday. You guys do not have nearly as much. You've got a couple guys on Saturday. I don't even see a single guy for. Oh, there, David and Joku. Dan is uh, or Nick or fuck Jesus Christ. Third time's a charm here. Ryan has Injoku. Oh my God! Did the stack guy Dan thing just get me? Wow. Damn. Yeah, it's basically Diggs versus Injoku and Cook. I have Cook as the well. The one thing oh, wow, that, that your matchup has that mine doesn't is a Monday night matchup, and sadly, it's not you. You will have to go against Christian Watson on Monday night to determine this matchup. Oof. Sweat that exactly. one exactly. If you're shit. up by five, or if you're up by nineteen heading into that game. That is a very interesting game because I can see again we'll see if, so many uh, different outcomes there. We'll see if Jalen Ramsey can teach the rookie a few things here. All right, Doors. Yeah. It's playoff time, baby. I can't wait. I'm excited. Whatever happens, remember, folks, it's bullshit. We're here to have a good time. I'm excited, man. It's going to be fun. Remember, it's gonna be remember fun. that whatever happens is bullshit. Even if, what if both of us win? Is it bull? No, then, it's, then it was meant to be. Yes, oh, of course oh, it's okay. bullshit. 100% that would be Just bullshit. Confirming. My team was dead seven weeks ago. Your team was dead today. Yeah, my team is never winning. It wouldn't make sense. Again. Absolutely not. No. At least, uh, you need at least to I wake most... up. You look like you're about to fall asleep. At least, what's that? You need to wake up. You look like you're about to fall asleep. No, no, no. I'm full of energy, man. Fantasy is great. I love fantasy football. It's my favorite thing ever, uh, and I enjoy it very much. Is that, does that, does that make you happy? I'm satisfied. Yeah. Awesome. That was episode 85. It's week. 15. Fantasy playoffs are starting. Let's fucking go. Let's go.